0: Do you like monsters? Do you like dungeons and dragons? Do you like monsters and dungeons and dragons? Then do we have a show for you. Kill Every Monster is a bi-weekly DM deep dive into every monster in the manual. The first part is a discussion about creature mechanics and lore, and the second half is a one-shot AP where the guest takes on the role of the monster.
1: Each episode of Kill Every Monster is a contained story, so you never have to worry about being caught up or listening out of order. Pick any monster you like and jump right in.
0: Alex Bohr took over as co-hosts, so Aram could play his favorite monster, the Flumpf. Aram, you know what the first question is. You wrote it. What is a Flump for those blissfully unaware?
1: At its core, a flump is an underdog. I
0: hate this already.
1: <laughs> a flump is the spirit. A flump is the kind wondrous spirit that lives in the heart Shut of every <laughs> child. A Flumph is a little dream given tentacles and fart transportation. A Flumph is a gift that despite the fact that it hasn't been in a single adventure except for like a dragon magazine, it's lived through every single iteration of Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, A so Flumph that's... is a special wonderful Light that should live on in everyone's heart because it's so absurd. And that's what a flump is. To find out more about the show and where you can listen, head on over to killeverymonster.com.
0: And we'll see you next time for Kill Kill Every every monster. Monster.
1: My name is Aram, my pronouns are he, him, and welcome to
2: God's Fall. My name is Michael Loving, my pronouns are he, him, and I'm playing Arunivar, level one elven wizard.
1: Last time on God's Fall, Arunivar, a lower noble from the elven and dwarven separatist kingdom of Ryland, set out on a secretive expedition to the jungles of Southern Brennus. Traveling on a pair of fog cutters, they seek a fabled world gate and have brought along a small crew of elves, dwarves, and a blind stone giant known as Fogon. Is Ironwood flammable? Ironwood is flammable at a certain temperature. Okay. But you have to get it. But it has to be high, but it is flammable. So it can catch fire just like anything else. And once it does burn, it burns really hot. It is very hard to get out. Okay. Yeah. Also, the sail, a cloth, and everything else. They probably could light a fire on an Ironwood ship technically, technically but maybe don't
2: want to. But not safe. Yeah. And fire and ships are bad, bad things. Yeah. Plus, if we're trying to be stealthy, you know, right. uh, lighting a fire on the deck of the a ship big, huge out in the open ocean. A big plume of smoke
1: even coming out of a fog cloud. Right. I
2: mean, people are
1: aware you have these ships. Even if they can't see right. your ship, if there's a weird yeah. bank of fog coming out
2: of them on a crystal clear day, they know what the fuck is going on. Or just a, or just a mysteriously unexplained light way out at sea. Like, that's not a star. That's uh, There's something that's, going on there. Exactly. That's fair. I will carefully climb down. Easy. And, and head back to the camp. If we're climbing down with as many handholds as it is, I can take a 10.
1: There's another elf there uh, who is a low-level royal similar to you that you've known growing up
2: about your same age and everything. Kind of in the same boat you are. What is their name, and how do you know each other? I actually genuinely, at one point, I think it was yesterday, I considered just making a list of NPC names so that at any point, if I needed to ask somebody's name, you just tell what name I would is. just tell... I would just tell you, I would be like, I start talking to, and then just gave a name. And I'm like, and they're this person on the expedition. That's this is a, another elf who's like also a
0: royal.
1: Yeah, like, like you know, lower level royal, not really lined up for the order. Not this in the same situation you are, so not from your branch, right? But, you know, okay. from, from the core, but still at the same point, like never going to be. You know, king, right? Unless everyone dies, right? Unless you, okay. in, unless that volcano blows up, well, you guys are on this mission. Then yes, they could be king, right? right. Like if everyone uh, yeah, went, exactly. like if they were designated yeah. survivor, right? But otherwise sure. in that, they're not going to be king. But they're they're still considered proper royalty, right. whereas you are not.
2: Oh, okay, sure, that makes sense. Um yeah. male, female, or whatever you want. Okay. I was gonna say male, female,
1: or in between. I, maybe it was you and I talked about this. I think it was you and I, where we talked about how elves—they're born without sexuality, and they all choose for themselves. Uh, there's—it's it, a whole thing. Like there's—it's kind of like a uh, like any coming of age ceremony. A uh, a. A kinsiara or anything, you know what I mean? Like, like, like right. it's an elven tradition. Yeah. They have a big party, and you make it, and then you make a choice for yourself. And some people don't want the party. Um, some people just it, it's a private thing just for them, and they're quiet about it. But sure. most people celebrate it, and it's you know, and it's it's a unique thing amongst elves, and they find it very odd that no one else does it or that they can't do right. it. You know,
2: and yeah. so that's just how it is. Humans are weird. They just have gender reveal parties for their babies instead of... (laughs) Right. It's just picking one. They just decide before the baby's even born what it's going to be. Right.
1: Exactly. It's weird. It's very odd for them. Yeah. But then again, humans are odd in general. What happens if it doesn't want to be a boy? Like, (laughs) Obviously, there are trans people born in this world. Sure. Um, And I would say that um, the elves are particularly sensitive to that. Makes sense. Because they see it, it. It seems particularly cruel to elves. That
2: you right. know that, that if the other they, races don't have the choice. And
1: if they can't choice it, and if they can't choose it at the very least, they should align with what they are given. And that's right. not how it works out. And it does and it, to such alarming numbers that it, you know even though it's a percentage of the population, it does seem particularly cruel to elves. And yeah. it's just it, it, it's, it's one more thing where they're like you know to the ones that don't like humans, they would see it as being a truly different being. It's, it's one more right. reason why they're lesser right? right. But to the ones who aren't, you know, it's like, and even I think to the ones
2: that are separatists, it's a particular sorrow. It's a particular sadness. They have no control over that, that expression of themselves.
1: While magic is so prominent in the world and while elves are, are so in tune with it, I would say that there is a sect of Ryland that goes out as emissaries, basically, and shows mercy in certain cases. And this would be one of the things that, that they would show mercy about and use their magics to help people find who they really are. It's like humans, humans aren't allowed in Ryland unless they're trans and then, and then they're fine. Correct. If they come for this, they're, they can visit for, they're the only humans allowed on Ryland are those seeking to
2: become who they really are. They're embracing their more, their more, the more elven part of their nature and choosing their gender instead of having it assigned. So trans people are allowed in Ryland. Cis people are not.
1: Only for the Sarah money, and then you leave. Oh, you're, the, okay. you're there long enough to find who you are and then leave, right? Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. To say that
2: really, it. that would probably keep it a much nicer city, honestly, if they just told cis people, to just, you're just not allowed here. Right. <laughs> it really was No, really was. No straight white dudes just allowed out. in Ryland. Yeah, yeah you just specifically banned. Fuck out. What is your character wearing? How do they dress? Um, I think our Univar probably presents himself a little like eccentrically. I kind of see like wearing slightly, actually, no, probably not even slightly outdated, um, wearing like outdated high elven fashion. He's
1: kind of a retro dick. Is that what you're saying?
2: <laughs> a little bit. like. You know, yeah. the, the shops at vintage stores and, and, and goes and wears, like, not, like, full, like, Victorian clothing, but definitely, like... He'd be one of those elves that yet
1: yeah, shows up on a Sunday at a park for a 1920s bike ride. Like, that kind
2: of <laughs> yeah Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, it's just this this appreciation for elven history yeah. and...
1: He's an elven hipster,
2: was what you're saying. Yeah, He's kind I, of an elven hipster. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, our Univar probably wears like it just 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 a little outdated kind of custom clothing um, in um, owns bracers, as they would call them, right, right owns yeah
1: more than one pair or more than a pair that they just got at a wedding. like they actually have sure.
2: several sets of bracers. I mean, for the expedition, kept their outfit fairly practical. sure. Um, nothing too flowy that's going to snag. I mean, it's a jungle. It's going to be hot.
1: Everything's about fit now, right? Because you have to to dress practically, but yours aren't going to be baggy cargo pants. Right. You're still going
2: into the jungle with a certain degree of decency. Decorum. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm I'm representing the crown on this mission. I have to conduct myself appropriately. You have to look less like shit. I'm not wearing Crocs through the jungle here. The first thing
1: Commander Soria is going to do when she gets on land is take off her boots. Right. Right. And walk barefoot through the undergrowth. You wouldn't consider that. The idea of wearing crocs and walking through swamp for, you know, uh, jungle is just disgusting.
2: I mean, the little holes would probably help with water drainage. But yes, but still, in fact,
1: in fact, you have boots um, that have been enchanted. Right. To repel, uh, to, to repel mud and moisture,
2: as I've are all got... the clothes you're wearing. Pretty pretty tall boots, I would imagine. Like totally. not not like, just not under like, the knee. Yeah, like like long like riding boots. I think riding boots are long. I don't actually know. And they kind of flare out a, a little bit at the right. top in this obnoxious way,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. And so all of your all of your clothing and your gear is magically enchanted to repel uh, both mud and water uh, because why not? I mean, magic is so prevalent right. in that Snags. time, you and know, you're you know, royal to look enough.
2: For, Thorns yeah. and all of that kind well, of thing. It's, you just, know. it's just practical, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, if you I mean, could it do it
1: and you were going to
2: invest in a mission like this, why wouldn't you do it? It's just it's just got like mending and prestidigitation, both just kind of woven into the fabric. So, you know, small snags fix themselves and small stains clean themselves. The fabric
1: was, you know, of
2: like it was woven from
1: the fibers of ironwood leaves or whatever, the, whatever it is. Yeah, but it's got this innate magical property. Now, you and the other royals would have this weave on uh the guards probably wouldn't probably so not. there's a little bit of a yeah so there's yeah. A, there's a bit of a clear line right there the, i would think the elves of ryland are kind of like the british in the early 1900s like you know right. how
2: how strict their class structure yeah. is yeah it's like that. i'm just in i'm just in a khaki like safari outfit with the hat and everything yeah <laughs> right
1: but it's a, yeah but it's like it's like hand designed by hugo boss you know right, what i mean sure. yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: right yeah right this was sewn for you you didn't buy off the rack yeah, it, it's designed by Tim Elephant Gun. That's what.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of like, and like you, you have a pouch around your waist that, that is a belt of many things. Like you are outfitted properly for this.
2: That's good to know. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to use my belt totally of many that things down. later. Totally yeah. write that down. And like
1: one of the things in your belt of many things is uh, one of the first retractable spy glasses. So you have this really nice spy glass that folds down to about four inches long and actually opens up.
2: Which came in very handy when I was mapping the area from the top of the tree. It completely did. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: And, that, and and that is like a normal spyglass. I think a thousand gold. I'd say this yeah, one is real expensive. This is like, this was your graduation gift the second time, right? So this is like <laughs> yeah. a 10,000 gold piece item. This is the most expensive thing you own.
2: I can't wait for that to be taken away from me during my <laughs> prologue. So I can't hawk it for money later just, in the story. Or just break
1: well, yeah if i get a hockey? you're in a goddamn jungle anyways yeah so so that's <laughs> what you've got so you walk back up to camp and this and who is this person that you're greeting that is royalty from the main tree
2: oh um i think her name is beatrice
1: i like that beatrice okay
2: and she's a little bit younger than me i think she's still in grad school this is like her um her like senior seminar basically like gotcha you know she this is she's she's mastering her her her... this is her thesis yeah exactly yeah Yeah. Yeah. you know this is this is the research project that she's on she's writing her thesis on this and is super excited to be uh, along with the, there's been a lot of like higher level things done on
1: this, like, you know, the gods and the energy of the gates and this and that. And so she's like, you know, yeah. how does the energy of the gate affect local wildlife living within a 500 foot radius? Like that's right. she had to carve out a, a little bit yeah, of a unique a angle. Very
2: <laughs> specific niche that she, that she could, that she could realistically complete as part of this project. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Yeah. So she yeah. wants to
1: know about all the local flora and fauna immediately around the gate and how it's affected.
2: That's her focus. On the way back, can I catch uh, that, like, shimmery butterfly? That Totally, 100%. That All right, I'll, I'll bring the butterfly back. I'll, I'll let her know, um, Beatrice. And she's and she looks up, and she has, like,
1: 12 plants that have been very carefully picked, are placed on a cloth she has rolled out, and she is clearly categorizing things already. And she turns, she's like, oh, hey, what does she call you? I can't imagine everyone calls you. Says by your
2: first name, Arunivar, all of the time, all the times. What do they call you? What's the, what's the short version? Probably just Arun. Arnie. Mm-hmm. No, it's not Arnie. It's Arun. They might attempt it. <laughs> yeah, it's Arun. It's like once. Oh,
1: hey, Arun. Uh, what do you have there? It's a. Uh... She already has like her hands on yours, opening them, like yeah. looking through, and the butterfly is just like sitting there, like it's not flying away. It's just kind of sitting on your hands.
2: I know you're studying wildlife from near the gate, but I found this and thought maybe you could use it as a comparison point for once we get closer.
1: And she kind of reaches behind her and she picks up uh, this white stone on that's just sitting on the cloth next, uh, next to her. And she taps it twice with her thumb as she brings it towards the butterfly and it begins to glow and... As light hits this thing, like the shimmering is almost opalescent. It's like that sheen you get on oil when there's a puddle with a little bit of oil on the top. And like there's right. that rainbow oily sheen on it. That's what this butterfly looks like. And she's just fascinated by it. Everything here is exactly as amazing as I hoped it would be. And we haven't even started yet.
2: I'll, you know, kind of continue on my way back
1: to... As soon as you start to leave, she grabs your arm and she pulls you right back. Yeah. And she's like, I mean, look at all the... Like, she will not let you go. Once you started this, like, she's it. She tells you about every plant she's found. She tells you about how the soil seems different. She tells you about how it's a little bit more humid than she thought it would be, even these conditions. And she goes on for, like, 30 minutes before you can finally break away.
2: The first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to, like, just go, like, rinse my hands in the ocean before I go do anything else. Because that butterfly was almost... Almost definitely poisonous. Yeah, yeah. Right? It was screaming it, poison, wasn't it? It's a it's a jungle. Everything is poisonous until proven otherwise.
0: Fair.
1: Uh, the ocean is lovely here. It is nice and warm. It is. I, I mean, it is like it's, it's like bath water, warm, right? But it, it it is where you could sit in it for a prolonged period of time, half in and out of the water, and not get cold. It's that kind of lovely.
2: I'll go check in with. Siora.
1: Okay. Well, she's not on shore yet. Only Hevra is on shore. Siora oh, is... Oh, okay. Wait. I thought, I thought did Siora I say so,
2: I Did I'm i sorry. I think Siora, you said Siora and Hevra both came, but Logar and Vogon both stayed back. And
1: Siora totally would
2: come because she is the
1: most trained ranger on the mission, so that would make sense. So, yeah. So, she came to um, shore, immediately
2: started barking out orders to the other soldiers and get everything cleared. Just imagining Siora staying back on the fog cutter. All right, clerics and clerics and grad students first. Everyone
1: else, stay back. I'll just be on the ship. Yeah, actually, as soon as you're walking back up to the main campus, as soon as you, as soon as you break away. Let's see what kind
2: of film we're in. If all the college students get eaten, it's a horror movie. Everybody get your silver weapons prepared. So as soon as you break away from Beatrice,
1: she kind of makes a line for you. Because she saw you earlier climbing the trees.
2: All you Yes, Commander. Good to see you this evening. You as well, Commander. All things well? As well as I suppose they can be. We're not under attack. We are not.
1: I noticed you took a view earlier of the surrounding forest. What did you find?
2: I'll show her my map. I've composed a rough sketch. It's not much. I don't have anything to compare for scale at the moment. Mountains are notoriously tricky. Mm, She's looking over and she's
1: running her finger past and nodding. Make a copy of this for myself and for Lieutenant Hevra. Excellent
2: work. I'll glance around and see if there's like a, a grad student that I can task with this sort of menial. <laughs> the only other, the only other really student is Beatrice. The other ones are all soldiers. Running through my head, trying to think if there's like a like a duplicate <laughs> spell, and I, I don't actually think there is one that'll just like reproduce written there's text on something, which kind of surprises me. I know, right? You would think that there would be some kind of like transcribe spell. I mean, even if there isn't, I would say
1: that there would have to be a cantrip. It's just a cantrip. It's gotta be a cantrip. Right. Like, yeah, just, like a page
2: an hour, maybe of, of not of like non-magical text.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. yeah. Right. It'd be all non-magical text. It'd be like, how many pages an hour you think like 10 pages an hour. For a cantrip, it would need to be fairly slow. Like ten pages an hour is slow. That is that is pretty slow. Yeah, ten pages an hour if it's written. Right. A page an hour if it's drawings. Yeah. If so it's, yours if it's like would illustration. take longer. Yeah, yeah. Yours would take longer. So it, it it would take the whole night of you recasting the spell every hour. Right. So not have as to, focused have as you to, would be.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> but still,
1: you have to like get up every hour to do it.
2: That's, that's really tedious. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it would take exactly as much time to just transcribe it by hand right? but you're an elf so why the hell would you do that instead of just using magic yeah exactly you could make a
1: mistake out of the repetition but you also could just be repeating a mistake over and over so there are those two problems with it yeah yeah
2: we'll write the spell up and we'll put it in the rise book we'll just we'll add a cantrip to the game there's no
1: reason not to it's it would make complete sense yeah yeah we'll call it we'll call it Scribe.
2: Yeah, or tran transcribe, transcribe. transliterate. Sure. I don't whatever do transliter- not tra- no, yeah, transcribe anyway.
1: It should also have the function that um it works to uh d- to record speech. So if you cast it and just spoke out loud for the next hour, it would write down everything you said. So it it does that as well.
2: It it takes dictation as well. It's
1: got multiple functions. Why not? Yeah, I, I, sure. I fucking love it.
2: <laughs> Otherwise it should just be an offshoot of like mage hand. <laughs> it's right. just it's it's like a low-level version of unseen servant right. i love the idea of like a bunch of like scholars that all know unseen servant just casting it like take this down and then just they're unseen servants just writing everything down that they're saying It'd be one of the first spells i learned Are you fucking kidding me yeah do the dishes clean the house get my right. laundry and oh no kidding oh yeah. my god so every now and then you know people do that like if you could learn any spell in D, what spell would it be actually unseen servant you make a strong case for unseen servant real strong case that'd be real handy Featherfall'd be pretty great Featherfall would be pretty nice too. Just jump off anything you wanted to. Featherfall. There's a lot of spells that would be pretty useful. There's a lot of cantrips that in the game seem useless, but in your life I mean, even even digitation would be super useful in real life. 100 percent like, oh yeah, just, just cast prestidigitation and clean all the shit. Yeah. Like But
1: if I was gonna say one cantrip that I could learn, it'd be mending. Straight up. It'd be mending.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's another really strong entry especially if it worked on like electronics and stuff like oh shit my tv's broken mending hey it works again yay that saved me thousands of dollars yeah the world would be very different if there was mending it, like right. all of society would be different that's another thing
1: about magic like i don't want to go off too much on a tangent here but yeah it, like if there really was the level of magic you see in these worlds like these worlds would be different they would change very. they'd be so yeah. very different and they're not and it's frustrating
2: Especially, especially when you get that level of magic, and you have races that can live for a thousand years to plan with that magic. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's exactly. completely like insane. The, and then eventually,
1: a god's favor once in a while, so that can, right. maybe, things could be even better or worse, but sometimes better. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. It, it would be it would be a world radically different than than anything in human history. Hundred percent.
1: Hundred percent. Which is why there's like, which is why ships like fog cutters can even exist. Why they, why they can pour so much magic into a single vessel because it's actually worth it.
2: Which is why people's arguments about realism and D and D don't hold up is because it would look nothing like our real. So shut up.
1: No, it wouldn't. And people wouldn't think the way that we think
2: because magic period.
1: (laughs) This is how it would be. All right. So you have broken away what you are. uh, I I, I assume this, this was a short conversation with. Yeah. She's she's got things
2: to do. She's got things to do. I'm not that important. She noticed I was doing something useful and wanted to capitalize on that. Yes. Do it for her now. So you're back yeah. in your
1: tent and you, you, are, uh, you are royalty. So you have your own tent and it's small, but there's enough room in it where there is uh, like a cot, but a nice cot, right? Like right. it's the size of a cot, right? but it's the same kind of layout, but it's nice and it's, and it's comfortable. And then you'd have a small fold down desk and a chair and that's it. Uh, that's all you'd have room for. So a, you know, a small desk and a
2: cot. And that's luxurious compared to the, you know, how the soldiers are sleeping, which is everyone in one tent. I'll start my transcription ritual then or, or process. and yeah, uh, Every hour on the hour. Um, I'll probably just meditate between castings. That makes castings. sense. And, that's, yeah. and
1: it, it's, it's easy enough. You basically just meditate for the hour and then you wake yeah. up and you cast it again and you go right back into it. So, yeah, you can right. take a long rest that way.
2: I think that's what I'll do, because I'm, I'm presuming that we're waiting for morning, probably.
1: By the time you're here, with everything that's gone on, it's like two in the morning. So by right. the time you're done, dawn will be breaking anyway.
2: Yeah, it'll be about six. And yeah. The sun will start coming up and we can start moving. Honestly, we could probably, because we're elves and dwarves and we all have um, dark vision, as soon as the horizon starts getting brighter... We'd probably be able to see just fine. The absolute moment.
1: The only the only reason why you might hesitate just a little bit to enter at normal dawn, right, is that you want to be sure you're out of the nocturnal cycle of whatever animals live in that
2: jungle, because that's when the hunters would be out. You know, depending on how much we know about the jungle, we don't know that for sure. You don't know it for sure, but who knows that you could diurnal predators could be even worse.
1: It's possible. You're just going from what you've interpreted that you know in general. In general.
2: The scary things come out at night. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's a reason why we're afraid of the darkness, you know? Right. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, but this is also a world where dragons exist. That's and true. I don't think dragons give a fuck whether the sun is up or not. Not so. all of them. Yeah, yeah. Although, yeah. I got,
1: I to, you know, there's got to be a
2: couple nocturnal dragons. Probably. Right? That'd be interesting, actually. Yeah. I don't think I've ever they faced have, a dragon at night. They all have dark vision, so there's no reason, and blindsight. And there's no reason why they There's wouldn't. no reason why they wouldn't. Yeah. Why wouldn't they come out at night? why wouldn't you face a
1: dragon in the middle of night? That'd be actually, that'd be terrifying.
2: That'd be imagine fighting
1: a dragon underground where it's in total darkness, but they can see because they have blind sight. Yeah. It um, right,
2: off
1: topic. Yeah. Back yeah. up. So you, so you do this until dawn. Uh, at dawn, you can hear the noise of the other ship um, the other longboats approach not longboats uh rowboats approaching with the rest of the crew there's i would say two or three people left on the ship there's 24 people let's say that there's 24 people they left four people on the ship right to just to just a the bare crew just in case something was to go wrong like if their anchor was to give way and the ship you know you, four people is enough to control that ship if needed right. be or if they had to yep. if it absolutely had to move Four people could get it done, so that's what they've left on the ship, and now twenty people are ash- are ashore, including right. Lieutenant Logar. Um, sorry, Lieutenant Logar, and Vogon. Uh, when Vogon got aboard, and they had to kind of go back for him because, like, Vogon can be in the rowboat. Sure. And then someone else can be in the rowboat, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and Vogon can paddle but can't really steer. <laughs> so right. They, so, so, like, Vogon has to come over on his own. And Vogon got off the boat, um, ignored everything that was going on, walked to the right up to the edge of the jungle and sat down and has been staring into the jungle ever since. Okay. All the tents are set up. They're just moving gear out of the boats and onto shore. And that's what they've been doing for the last couple hours. So it'd be around okay. noon when they'd finally be done with all that.
2: Yeah. And I have to transcribe the um, map two times. Correct. Which should probably and take And all your me, notes. Right. One to, page an hour. Yeah. Take me a little bit. Well, yep. It was 10 pages an hour. Yeah. Unless we're doing the. No, because the... these are
1: drawings and you you are doing drawings and writing. This isn't just text. So this okay. is one page an hour yeah and you and you are you like to take notes, so I'd say this is about like six or eight pages of notes, right, okay, yeah, maybe in
2: ten, yeah. you know, so it would take so, a while, so it probably takes me till almost noon to actually finish right the whole process, so yep i'll I'll like emerge from my tent and I'll be like oh there's a there's a giant kneeling by the forest <laughs> over there, yeah there's a lot of activity, I see the
1: and and again, the edge of the forest, about a hundred feet away from your campsite, which almost hugs the shoreline there's a there was kind of a raised area with this like long flat rock and they set up on top of that to be out of the out of the tides and have a little bit better viewpoint but for the most part just this flat open area between you and the forest
2: well i'll go um look for it was uh siora and and she said um hevra right was the other person she wanted me to give me a map to so both of which you're told
1: very quickly are in uh siora's tent
2: okay I'll uh, I'll walk that way then.
1: And You walk up there. There's an elf on duty who you know sees you, nods. It, it they're formal, but there's 24 of you. They know who you are. They don't right. ask yeah, exactly. why you're here. They just open up the flap and say, "Hey, this, yeah. you know this guy's here, right?" Yeah. So you are announced, and she and she waves you in. Uh, her and Lieutenant Hevra are leaned over a table, which is a relatively good size considering the fact that they had to put on a ship and drag it to shore in a rowboat, and right. they have. Uh, they have papers laid out of the shoreline that they already have, like like whatever information they could gather, which is not much. Like maybe some right. people looked at it and like did some rough sketches and she sees you and that you have a, a, a pad of, not a pad, but like a stack of papers in your hand and she waves you over. She takes them from you. Well done. And she starts laying them out immediately to show Hevra what you've seen.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Explain this in your own words. What are we facing here?
2: she talking to me or is she talking to Hevra?
1: Commander Siura is talking to you.
2: Okay. Well, it appears the jungle continues all the way up to the mountain, mostly unbroken. Mm. There are pockets of empty space, few and far between, and finding them might prove more difficult than simply blazing a trail.
1: Lieutenant Hevra leans in. But could you, though? Could you take us? To these? Could you believe you could find these or that we could find these or that our trackers could get from place to place? If we could to make the journey a little bit more sensible, it would seem.
2: I don't see why not. Siora is not a uh, beastmaster ranger, is she? No, Siora is a hunter. No, like hawk animal companion or something no. she could send up for? <laughs> no, I mean, she could cast magic, frankly, but no, I mean, it's not really her thing. She's she's yeah. She's more of a just like
1: know the land and adapt to surroundings she's in. And she's as she's listening to you, she's nodding and she's already mm-hmm. kind of tracing an outline with her finger of a path she would take. So she already looks like she's planning for what you're talking about.
2: Right. Um It's also worth noting that there appears to be some sort of water feature over here. I sort of gesture towards where the clouds were. It may be easier going near the banks, potentially.
1: Commander Soria comes up behind you and she puts her finger down. Approximately where this river could be, and she traces it back to the ocean. And it would look like it, it might come out south or north of you. It could be either one, but there's right. like there's a couple different options. Like if we can find this river, it would surely take us to the mountains. That must be the source of it. This is good. This is the plan. We set forth in the next hour. Let's say in the next hour because they were already set up. So in the next hour, they leave and head towards this river. That's the plan. Okay, and it's going to be you. It's going to be Sioria, it's going to be Hevra, it's going to be Beatrice, and then it's going to be a couple, uh, basically, scouts.
2: All right. Well, I'm going to follow
1: the scouts because I'm not a scout. So the way that they would do this is that uh, Sioria would stay with the main group as the leader. Mm -hmm. She would send one scout on either side. So it's kind of like a Y as you guys are moving through this jungle with, like, one 50 feet to the left and one 50 feet to the right and both kind of in front of you a bit, Mm -hmm. right? And then have one more scout take up lead behind while she stays with the three of you. And that's how you'd move through the forest. Okay. So there's
2: seven of you in total. Sure. Keeping track of numbers of people.
1: (laughs) You head towards the edge. So this group assembles, gets their gear together. You throw your pack on, which again is, I mean, you know, you're in good shape, but this is not, and you're young. Right. But this is not what you're used to doing. Yeah. And this pack is heavy. (laughs) It is surprisingly heavy. You're already kind of regretting some of the things you've taken.
2: The heaviest that it's been since I was in grad school. A hundred percent.
1: Yeah. And you didn't walk through a jungle in grad school. (laughs) Exactly. So you get to the edge and Vogon is just sitting there at the edge. And as you approach uh, Commander Sura kind of walks up around to his right and nods. And the giant seems to be aware whenever people seem to get near him, he seems to be very aware of where they are, almost as if he could see them. And, right. the, and the giant turns to, faces, to, to face her and nods and then points into the forest in a straight line. And that lines up exactly with where you said
2: the mountain was. Right, okay, makes sense. There's a lot of rock in a mountain. It probably has a pretty strong pull. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then stands up
1: and makes to go with you. And Sura kind of looks over towards Hevra. And Hevra looks back and, no, 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 you don't understand. We are going to just look first and then the rest of the expedition will come. You see, you will wait here with the others and we will return for you. And Vogan doesn't speak, but Vogan just stands there and again points towards the mountain and is clearly intending on coming.
2: With respect, Commander, I do believe it would be easier to follow a trail blazed by, and I kind of just tip my head towards Bogan.
1: I do not disagree. However, making a blind stone giant into a forest is not exactly subtle, but we shall adapt. And she talks to her scouts real quick, and... They basically now form up a little closer so they can keep an eye they're, you know, they're still in the Y formation, but they have eyes on Vaughan and are just right. taking cues from him the whole time and you guys set off into the forest. Vaughan's already having to push over trees to get past, but he's not <laughs> yeah. tripping, he's not stumbling, like he's making his way competently <laughs> through.
2: And just an elephant, just you jungle. know, clearing yeah. his way through a tree that's inconveniently placed for him. It's
1: literally what he is. It's, yeah. it's he is a two legged yeah. elephant going through those trees, but not ungracefully, just with sure. constant strength yeah. and sureness pushing things right. aside. Yeah.
2: So, you guys, and the good thing is, you know. Anything that's willing to mess with a stone giant was going to attack us anyway. Yes, that's and very true. And there's probably true. a lot of things that are not willing to attack a stone giant that might have been willing to attack a group of elves. This is a fair assumption. I think you could yeah. say that
1: there is both an attraction, an unfortunate attraction of having a stone giant right. in the party yeah. and a repellent that is good from having a stone giant in the party. But
2: hey, at the same time, anything that decides to attack us uh, while we have a stone giant in the party, Surely we also would have now have... Well, yeah, that and the fact now we have a stone giant to help deal with that right, as well. Exactly. Which we wouldn't yes. have had before either. Yes, so, an elderly blind one, but still a stone giant. I mean, you know, he has disadvantage, he has disadvantage to his hit rolls, but if he hits, it's still going to hurt a lot. Right. <laughs> all right. So I would say the thing that you, you guys walk for a couple hours
1: and then the commander calls for y'all to halt for a break and y'all break open water our skins and take drinks. Then she walks up to you and she taps you. of pointedly on your shoulder it's it's this habit she has where when she gets people's attention she tends to walk past them rather briskly and just tap them on the shoulder and that's your cue to follow it's unsettling for an elf for anyone, really, but particularly for elves. And it's kind right, of like... because
2: elves aren't very touchy, mm-hmm. it's like It's
1: definitely a power thing she's always done, right? So she taps you on the shoulder, and that's your cue to follow. And she yeah, walks... touching
2: is, like, really familiar for elves just because of the, the way that they're wired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because
1: their skin's just more sensitive. Yeah. Right. So you guys walk up to the, um, you know, you walk up to, like, a large tree, which isn't far from you. It's, like, <laughs> 10 feet. And right. she begins to climb and is clearly gesturing for you to follow her
2: oh okay. All right. Um it's easy enough. It's it's it's, okay. it's
1: it's the same kind of heavily vine tree. You know these trees now. So it's not I mean, you're not going
2: to fall. Right. I was just say I'll 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 uh if we're if we're using the take an x mechanics, I'll I'll <laughs> right. go ahead and just take a 10 to climb yeah. the tree. I, mean, I There'd be no I don't reason care for you not to. me yeah up to the top of the tree. Right. She's a wild elf and a master scout. I'm a a coffee shop revolutionary, right. like who likes to climb trees on occasion? Right, right, yeah. yeah. Who, who, yeah, who, who probably honestly, outside of the last tree that I climbed, it's probably been quite some time since I climbed a tree. Sure. Um, Why would you? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But
1: I would say that that you'd probably be one of the ones that would be more inclined to nature than some of the sure. other city elves, right? right? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So you know your way around a tree at the very least. So you guys climb relatively easily, you get up to the top and she's looking out over it. And what she wanted was, she wanted your set of eyes here as well, because okay. you're, you're a couple hours in, you're a little closer to everything. And you are now, you get a little, this tree is a little taller than the one that was at the edge of the forest. And you have a clearer view in, and you can now see a couple regular clearings in the jungle ahead of you, and you could kind of hopscotch to them on your way to the mountain. So it's like okay. four, maybe five stops along the way.
2: How big do these clearings look? I mean, were you talking like they're like a couple hundred yards across? Some of them are as small as a couple hundred
1: feet. Okay. Some of, uh, one of them in particular looks to be a quarter of a mile. It's actually huge.
2: Okay. Okay. So, so that one would actually probably save us a fair bit of time slogging through the jungle.
1: And that one's about the, at, at about the middle point be t- between you and the mountain. And there's okay. clearly a river cutting through it.
2: Okay. All right. Well, that'll be helpful because that'll then we'll find the river too. Um, you would estimate and it, it'll take you
1: uh, three days to okay. reach that clearing, and then another three oh, days wow. to reach the mountain.
2: Okay. I will. Um, yeah, it's, I'll pull it's out my- slow
1: going. It's, it's yeah. not necessarily that far, but right. in this thick of foliage, it's rather slow moving. Yeah, moving,
2: moving through dense jungle takes quite some time. Yep. Yeah. Even when you have a-, a Stone giant. <laughs> stone giant to clear the way for you. Yeah. Yep. Um, so from the top of the tree, I'll um, I'll pull out my spyglass and I'll look around and I'll see if I can see the archway yeah. from up here yet or- I would uh, roll me a perception. Okay.
1: Or an investigation, whichever one you want
2: uh, I'll do perception Actually, I guess I'll actually do investigation I'm not trained in it, but my intelligence is higher So it's, it's actually a better modifier by one Right uh, It's a seven Yeah, uh, nothing I mean, you, even the mountain's hard to make out at this
1: distance Because there's a lot of fog around it and a lot of water It, it seems sure. to be almost near constant rainfall So, right. yeah, you just, I mean, you see the mountain and that's it You see a mountain certainly big enough to to contain a gate Yeah
2: yeah is this is this the only mountain in this jungle or is uh, it like a mountain no, range this is
1: just like the most prominent one like there are okay. there are peaks that like it's a pretty craggy jungle in the center in general so there's a bunch sure. of there's a bunch of peaks popping out of it almost like broken teeth but as far as like a large concentration of mountain that is the core thing you're looking at okay it's only the tallest ones and the
2: oldest ones sure okay. um so i will uh after looking i'll i'll just kind of offer the spyglass to her. Sure. I don't see much remarkable.
1: And she happily takes it and she begins to search. And as she's carefully looking over the jungle, you feel, you swear you could hear a bell. A single note from a bell kind of loft above the forest.
2: Does she react at all? No, not that you can tell. Um, you said it just kind of lofts above the forest. Yeah. It, it almost rises like heat wood. Okay. Like it has this weird quality to it. Any sense of what direction it came from or just, just roll well, perception. 10 roughly
1: towards the mountain. Somewhere in front of us, yeah, kind of. Yeah, somewhere kind of in front of, us, yeah, 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 so of in front, yeah, but yeah, distance is weird. Sure. It, it could be incredibly soft or it could be in, right. incredibly loud and just be at a very far distance. Like it's impossible yeah, to very tell. far away or right. muffled
2: by the canopy or any, any number of things. But roughly in the same way you're going. Okay. And there's a um,
1: pull when you hear it. Like there's a sweetness to this note and a intimacy to this note and a heat to this. The words that you're... Assigning to it don't really make sense to you, but
2: th-
1: there's just this pull you can't explain.
2: Okay, that's mildly unsettling.
1: And the jungle has been unsettling since you set foot here. And uh, sure. it's you know everything about much, it has been unsettling.
2: Have we seen or heard much wildlife? I mean, is this yes. is this jungle like teeming with creatures and You're stuff? You're coming okay. across
1: things all the. T- all the time, and and okay. and, and, Beat, and Beatrice is just being tortured because sure. she wants to stop every five minutes and then spend right. the next two weeks categorizing a single bit of you know what I mean. Right. And, and, she, and a she knows she can't be. She's really interested in getting to the gate too, right. but it's torturing her. To just it's skip like, over what could be yeah. an entire paper
2: every hundred feet. Yeah. yeah. It's like walking with a beagle where they just have to stop and smell every single That's, like out-of-place stone on the entire walk. Yep. And no one else will tolerate her. Not even, I mean, you know, everyone there is for a very specific reason. Even Lieutenant,
1: you know, Hevra is right. exhausted with her. So you're the only yeah. target she can come to. You're the only person right. she can share. So she's the sharing only.
2: everything with you. I'm that I'm that person in real life. I have I have coworkers that like literally everyone else is mean to and I'm like, you know, they're people you need to be nice to them. (laughs) And so they come to me with everything because I'm the only person that doesn't completely (laughs) blow them off anytime they try and talk.
1: That's basically what you're dealing with right now.
2: Yeah, it's exhausting. Yep. But I I feel too bad to not like humor them because.
1: She's also generally likable. I mean, yeah. it's not like, I mean, is she like, is it exhausting? Beatrice right. is a bit exhausting, but she's yeah. a nice person that you,
2: that you right. like. She's a sweetheart. And she's also you know? the
1: only other person that, that, that you can kind of communicate with. I mean, the, the scouts are a very elite bunch that, that, sure. that while they show deference to you because you're royalty, they right. it's just out of- you're not comfortable with them
2: obligation like the other ones are
1: way too high ranking so there's no fraternity there at all so she's it she's like really your only friend
2: are we still in the tree, or have we started moving again? No,
1: you guys have come back down at this. Okay. At that, at, at, at this. But she just wanted a second, a second set of eyes. A. Sure. She wanted to confirm you are going the right way. Always helpful. All right. And she wanted. And I want to keep
2: track of my ten thousand gold spyglass. Did she give it back she to me? Definitely she Definitely gave it back it? to you. She absolutely. Okay. All right. She,
1: she. There was a moment where she noted it. Like she kind of like you know weighed it in her hand and she noted right. the quality and then she handed it back. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: And you guys set off
2: again. I assume so. All right. I mean, so long as so long as she gives uh, Vogan the okay, yep. and he starts, you know, pushing some trees over. Yeah, he
1: doesn't really. It's interesting with Vogan, like like he'll again. He doesn't speak. He hasn't said a single word. Uh, okay, he just kind of does things. Like like if he's told like we're taking a break, he stops and takes a break. And if he and if and if, and if he's told well we're getting back up again to get ready. He stands back up and starts to move, but he doesn't communicate at all. He just does the things. Okay. Um, How long has it been since we left the camp? I'd say now it's about, you're about five hours in. So you left about an hour after dawn, sorry, an, an hour after noon. So now it's getting to be about six or seven and it's Starting to, the sun is beginning to set. So you have a, a decision. A de- it's, it's starting, it's sort of
2: downward yeah. arc.
1: Yeah, so you have a decision to make. Do you set up, because it is summer, so it's very long days, especially down here. Right. And yeah. you have a decision to either set up camp, uh, to stop, to return. I mean, what are you guys doing?
2: I mean, I love that you're asking me What this. is your opinion? I'm not, she, I'm not mean, the commander. This a,
1: <laughs> commander Siora is the kind that likes to hear voices. So okay. what would your opinion be?
2: um have we seen any signs of any dangerous wildlife have there been like you know like really like clawed up trees like from cats like marking their territory or we found any like bodies that have been mangled I would say that there's been signs uh
1: there's certainly been some corpses uh not uh, nothing fresh like you know uh right. old things but of large creatures okay. uh, and you know large what looked like plant-eating creatures, but they were taken down by something large, too. And right. there's clearly trees have been marked up, some that has been been pushed over completely. Uh, when you get to, like, you know, if there's like a small spring, you, you would come across, there's signs of very large animals using it for water, that kind of thing. So, yeah, sure. there's certainly signs of danger. Um, you also notice while you're up in that tree between the two of you, that if you were to press on for about another hour, you would reach a clearing.
2: Well... If we think we can reach that clearing, then it would at least give us better sight lines if anything was to approach us while we camped.
1: And Sura nods, and she clearly wanted to hear that answer. That was the answer she was looking for. All right, let's continue on. And you all press on. And about an hour later, you start to see breaks through the trees and you hear a bubbling of water as you approach and you come to a clearing several hundred feet wide. The ground is covered in a thick, vibrant moss and the air has like a tinge of sweetness to it. And the center of all of this is this bubbling brook that's forming a small pond around it and a little trickle of, and little kind of trickles of water that then vanish into the moss.
2: digitation will let me create Harmless sensory effects. Sure. Like faint musical notes or an odd odor. Yes. Would would it be possible for our Univar as we kind of enter this clearing and I smell this kind of sweet smell and everything? Would it be possible for me to use prestidigitation to sort of mimic the chime of that bell that I heard earlier and kind of ring that out across this clearing? I don't see why not. You could absolutely okay. do that. Yeah. Totally. I'm gonna I'm gonna attempt doing that and see if there's any reaction or response roll performance to to recreate the sound oh Ram, i'm not proficient in performance till next level yeah, sorry buddy is this charisma or intelligence for i would say charisma well no no, right. no no because no, it's because you're trying to interpret the sound whichever one you want i'm going to use intelligence because i'm trying to recreate a noise yeah magically not with my like right you know skill on a yeah,
1: you're trying to, to to create the image in your mind into reality 16 Sixteen? Yeah. You let out this bell that has the same qualities, rings in the same way, feels both close and distant at the same time. You're able to roughly recreate this sound and everyone kind of looks at you because they know who casts magic. Like everyone like they're all magical beings. They know what's going on and right. you are not trying to hide it. Yeah. And Sura kind of looks at you oddly for a a moment and then you just 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 kind of quietly like makes a hand a gesture as in, you know. Quiet, we're, we're approaching something we haven't been in before. Shut the fuck up, right? Right. <laughs> and then goes to take a step forward. Uh, I would like you to roll perception.
2: Uh, no reaction. Nothing. At least in, instantly. No No super obvious reactions. Nothing that may so be far. what I'm, yeah. I mean, it's possible that's why I'm rolling perception. Right. But there's there's not like, a, you know, <laughs> wedding bells that go off on the other side of the forest or something. No. That's a six, a rum
1: all right so she steps forward uh one of her one of her uh, scouts um takes a couple steps forward in front of her and then immediately like sinks down into their like they take a a one step forward and that foot just goes straight down up to their waist and they begin to try and pull themselves out and they can't and they're sinking
2: into something oh man it's a proper jungle movie now we've hit quicksand is anyone else reacting or or am i like everyone is reacting in general but like what are you doing what am I gonna do Um, it just looks like he kind of fell through into some quicksand yeah basically
1: it looks like his foot went right through almost like his foot went through ice you know what I mean like that fast right yeah Yeah. Yeah. and then as you're watching like where where, where his other foot is you can see the ground soften like it gives way and then it begins to quickly consume him
2: now he's up to his waist with both legs Okay. Is anybody like getting rope or anything? Yeah, out there's and, already like, elves okay. getting
1: rope out. One of the elves stepped, who was a little bit more forward. One of the the other, uh, the other, a scout had moved forward first, and you saw sure. the ground give way un, un, underneath them too. Ground that was solid moments before,
2: or at least looked solid. Yeah. Okay. Um, so now two of them are in it, and where the rest of us are, basically right at the edge of the trees. I will just grab uh, a rope with somebody that's getting a rope out and try and help haul somebody in um, unless I can see something else useful to do. Sioria sees you
1: and she pulls you have a rope in your you have a i um you know one of the fancy silk ropes. Right, that weigh less. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. Probably. So you pull out
1: one of those, she pulls out one, she nods and points, and she begins clambering up really fast this time, up one of the right. up one of the uh trees behind you. Some of them kind of lean out and a little bit over the clearing, and she's going to go to a large branch to throw the rope over it and then okay. use it to pull them back up and out.
2: Sure. So that's right. what
1: she's doing. And she kind of nods for you to follow.
2: Okay. I will I will follow her.
1: Now roll me a athletics for climb.
2: Uh, sixteen.
1: So you clamber right in after you got. It's it's the same kind of tree. It's the same kind of vine. You've gotten used to it. You know what you're doing. Uh, this is a particularly easy one to climb because it's leaning out over the clearing. And you guys get to the top. You throw out ropes and you're able to pull the other two out. Um, their skin is blistered and seared like red like almost like like they got really bad sunburns right not okay. real bad damage but damage and, so, and, and like almost like like mild
2: acid burns was it like physically hot like a like a heat burn or was it more like acid or or really really basic yeah more of like they were exposed to stomach juices that kind of thing okay all right it's like a sarlacc pit
1: yep yeah, with a fountain in the middle of it
2: all right so I guess I was gonna go around that. Right, yeah, I'll sort of, you know, while we're up here, I'll kind of look at Siora and I'll be like, maybe not the best place for us to rest, Commander.
1: No. And if all the other clearings are like this one, then they are useless to us, and in fact, a danger.
2: Well, if they all give themselves away by being a clearing, they should be pretty easy to avoid, at least.
1: Yes, and we shall get to avoiding them. In the meantime, everyone, we camp here for the evening. Back in the woods a bit, but here. And you guys were you guys retreat from the clearing about 50 feet and began to set up camp.
2: I was I was thinking, I'm like, well, we're elves, right? Like we can totally do like gorilla like treetop nests, and then I'm like We're mostly high elves, though. Sure is a wild elf, and her her
1: scouts would definitely be wild elves. So I would say that you guys, that they climb and help you all set up uh, basically hammocks. You guys would sleep off the ground in hammocks. It's warm enough that it doesn't matter. And I would imagine the hammocks would have some sort of gauze you would then
2: pull over you to protect you from things. Other than the stone giant, who I'm going to guess is probably going to stay on the ground – just sits down, leans against a, a tree and falls asleep. And and then um Hevra? Hevra, who's a dwarf, right? The rest of us are all elves, right? right? Hevra is sleeping
1: in a um in a hammock, but it's like a foot off the ground. <laughs>
2: like that is right. as okay. high as Hevra yeah. will go. Everyone you know else what? is like 20, 30 feet up. A foot off the ground is far enough off the ground to get you away from the insects on the on the jungle floor, which is which is that's a that's a substantial improvement over That is a high lift away. Yes. 100%. Yeah, exactly. That's that is a substantial improvement.
1: We're getting ready to record more God's Fall with the main crew in DC, but we need to raise funds in order to do so. So, we're releasing a limited amount of the first-run overstocks of the Godsfall World Book for sale at Godsfall.com/worldbook. We'll use the funds to purchase remote recording kits for the players, so Godsfall will continue to sound as good as it always has. We're also posting early episodes and a bunch of behind-the-scenes content on Patreon.com/Vardia. So, stop by and check us out.
0: Go away, Aram. I have business, Dylan.
1: You said I can speak to you when your life is in danger and when we have business.
0: This is one of those two times. It's not the important time. Fine, sit down. What do you want? You owe me money. What? I was looking around for other DMs for
1: for research. Yeah, that's real. Research.
0: Anyway, I found
1: StartPlaying.Games, and I know you are holding out on
0: me. You're talking about StartPlaying.Games, the largest site for connecting players with professional and hobbyist game masters to play any game system on any virtual tabletop? That's the one. I know there are a bunch of people looking to
1: replace their DM. I mean, people who want to play D&D or other TTRPGs and don't know where to find a game. StartPlaying.Games offers a platform that makes professional game masters accessible to a growing community of players.
0: Yeah, they make the difficult task of finding online games easy, allowing players to search thousands of games by system, virtual tabletop, or even their schedule. You can see verified reviews of the Game Master so you or your friends can find the right GM for your play style. We run a podcast. What does this have to do with me?
1: You must be making lots of money on
0: games, and as your co-DM, I want my cut. That is a wild overestimation of your contribution.
1: Finding online games is hard and time consuming. And even when you do find a group, scheduling is a nightmare. It can be really difficult to trust a new GM you don't know. That's why over 20,000 people have joined StartPlaying.Games and trust their verified reviews of hundreds of game masters, one of which
0: is you. I'm a physicist, why would I be secretly charging our guests? Also, I would barely call you a player, let alone a co-DM. Start
1: Playing Games handles the payment processing, provides easy scheduling, and allows GMs and players to start playing games that very same day. You have plenty of time to do both.
0: Fine, you know what? Don't come back before the end of next month. Thanks, Dylan. You are at best an assistant, Vardian.
1: Are you tired of searching through endless forums and Discord
0: posts just to find a table to play at? Then head over to startplaying.games. You can search startplaying.games by campaign or one-shot, type of system, day and time you want to play, price, virtual tabletop platform, and even if a campaign is just getting started. You can also see verified reviews of Game Masters, which helps players find the right GM for their playstyle.
1: So head over to startplaying.games and just start playing.